today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Much to the surprise of an awful lot of people, uh, special counsel, well, I guess really former special counsel because he resigned yesterday, Robert Mueller addressed the media yesterday in Washington, for, actually for the first time in a long time, uh, to actually hear his voice. He's been uh, the silent one who's been doing all this work. But uh, he sent a couple of messages, I guess, with what he was doing yesterday. One of them, of course, was to reiterate that uh, in his report that he does not exonerate uh, the president in any of the dealings that went on uh, and a couple of other things that were going on. Uh, So what is the fallout from this? What are the implications on this? Obviously, Democrats and Republicans are uh, responding to this. Uh, Joining us to talk about this is uh, Laura Babcock, president of Power Group. Thanks for coming in today. Good to have you here. My pleasure. Before we get into what happened yesterday... I want you to address uh, one of the tweets that uh, Trump came out with today. (laughs) I'm sure you've seen it. I have it right in front of me, Bill. (laughs) Uh, I I have nothing to do with Russia helping me get elected. Mm -hmm. That's the first time that he's ever acknowledged that there was even an intent by Russia to favor him over Hillary Clinton. He's been doing, of course, the whole witch hunt hoax stuff forever. Uh, And when he did, you know, the interesting thing about Trump, which I find fascinating from a communications perspective, is that... He fights on all fronts all the time. So he will fight different battles where the messages, when you line them all up, actually contradict each other, but he doesn't care. If anything works, he's going to fight it, right? So he's putting out all these things. Nothing happened, nothing with Russia, nothing with Russia. But if there was Russia, then it was Hillary who they were trying to help, right? Check out Hillary serving all that stuff. So he he puts out these contradictory messages that, you know, kind of gaslight everybody and make everybody a little bit crazy. But never in all of that rhetoric and in all of the tweets, about the witch hunt and the hoax. Has he ever tied Russia with a preference for him, even after Putin admitted in Helsinki that he wanted Trump to win, right? Trump still never, ever did that. But in this tweet, which some people are calling Freudian, uh, he made the comment, you know, and I'll I'll read it because I think the context matters. He says, Russia, Russia, Russia. This is, of course, after Mueller. That's all you heard at the beginning of this witch hunt hoax. And now Russia has disappeared because I had nothing to do with Russia helping me to get elected. It was a crime that didn't exist. So now the Dems and their partner, the fake news media, et cetera, et cetera. That little bit in there where he acknowledges that there was help to get him particularly elected. It's not a shock for anybody who's been following it all closely. But for him to actually slip up and say that, it, it was pretty stunning. But there's a couple of other elements to this, too. And, and, and I think what this does is underscores one of the points that came up with Mueller's statement yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that he was quite pointed, I think, in trying to, uh, uh, once again, tell people that, look, at we did not say we didn't find anything wrong. We said we didn't find enough evidence to actually lay a charge. Uh, and, and then there's another reason why he never laid the charge. Uh, does this does this tweet today open up the idea of collusion once again? Well, I think what I think what we saw in volume one, and, and Trump just did a 17-minute um, presser in front of Air Force One like he loves to do, or Marine One on his way to Air Force yeah. One. Loves the power of those helicopter blades behind him, right? <laughs> uh, and it's, all, so, it's all about the shoot, right? right, right. The, the backdrop, the right, right. Loves the Loves the show of strength. Uh, it's as militaristic as you can kind of get in, mm. in U.S. iconography For at the moment. For guy with bone spurs. Right, right. So when he's uh, in front of Marine One, he does this these press conferences, right? And so today what was really interesting was that when he, he, he started off with, you know, I'm proud to do this, blah, blah, blah. Here's the agenda for the day. It was very presidential. And then somebody asked him the question, is Mueller still an honorable man? Because when the Mueller report was wrapped up and he thought he was in the clear, he said how honorable he was. So then you heard him go off on Mueller for about five minutes about all the three different reasons why Mueller is compromised, et cetera, et cetera, right? Uh, and so he's just attacking, attacking. At the same time, though, he talked about the fact that the first part of the Mueller, the one that dealt with Russia, said that there was 
no underlying crime of collusion. Therefore, in the second one where it talks about the 10 obstruction of justice issues around his behavior, it can't be obstruction, as Barr said, because there's no underlying crime, right? So this is what he's kind of trying to get to in this tweet. He's, he's trying to say, you know, even if I did something wrong, it couldn't be legally wrong because there was no illegality in terms of Russia. And so I don't think this opens up the question of collusion being a fact anymore. Uh, but what it doesn't do is it doesn't take away the 10 minutes of Robert Mueller yesterday saying very clearly, even though it was a double negative, if we'd found something that, you know, that was a crime, um, if we found out that he hadn't committed a crime, we would have said so. In other words, uh, there was a crime there in our estimation, obstruction of justice, of justice, but we weren't able, based on our own interpretation of the Department of Justice memo from years ago, we weren't able to indict a sitting president and wouldn't be fair to indict a guy who can't go to court. So Mueller made a decision based on policy, uh, but he had seen Barr and Trump make it a binary for the last six weeks saying, well, if he was not guilty, he's innocent. That wasn't what happened. There was nuance in between those two positions, and Mueller had to come out yesterday and remind us of it. Well, that statement that he made, and he reiterated it right at the end of his mm -hmm. presentation yesterday, uh, basically points directly to the fact that, that Bill Barr lied. Right. He lied to to all of us, I guess, when he said that I had a conversation with, with Mueller, and uh, he said, no, that, that memo had nothing to do with the decision. It had everything to do with the decision, because from day one, according to what Mueller said yesterday, they said, we can't go down that road because of that. Right. So they, that... that, that predated everything else that they did in the investigation. Absolutely. So, so Barr just bold-faced lied to everybody about that. So what's really informative for everyone, I think, in this is to realize, and in going into the 2020 election, that there really is no norm they won't break. Right. So to preempt this investigation, this $40 million investigation, even though the findings were nuanced and not as damning as people hoped Mueller would come back with, to preempt it with their own spin and even to lie, not just in that press conference, but in front of Congress, the Attorney General of the United States, in order to reframe the narrative on this. Uh, that's pretty That's pretty stunning in a world where we're inundated with things all day long. I mean, Trump just announced this morning he He's going to have a major league biggest comment ever on immigration and the border. You know, he wants to turn mm -hmm. the page off of Mueller. I mean, these guys just will will do just about anything. Uh, and I think it's it's informative. And there should be not just an impeachment potentially against Trump. Yesterday might be a catalyst for that. But also Barr. I mean, if the Attorney General of the United States is allowed to get away with clearly what he's done, um, then, uh, you know, it's a slippery slope towards losing their status as a democracy. Well, when we saw that there was some differences in, in, in Barr's interpretation, and I'll use that term loosely, uh, there was always that, that fail-safe to say, well, you know what, maybe it would, they just misunderstood each other. But it was pretty clear from what Mueller said yesterday, plus the letter that the Mueller letter, sent to Barr exactly. that said, you are mischaracterizing everything we've done. Yep. And, and, and he basically said that again yesterday. And what was so powerful yesterday was that uh, he had to do it on the day where he was no longer working for Barr. He was resigning. Yeah. And even though he doesn't want to testify, too bad. You know, the Democrats have to get Mueller in front of them because there are questions in his methodologies that they have to explore. There's no doubt about it. But what Mueller realized is that um, 
getting on television, that one that one clip. I mean, I looked at that double negative where he says, you know, if we hadn't found something, uh, that was actually perfect fit for a Chiron. So that, that little thing that we all see across the bottom of yeah. TV screen. Chirons are very powerful because a lot of people look at channels like CNN when they're at airports and when they're traveling. They don't necessarily get to listen to the audio, but they see these Chirons. I was counting the hours that that one double negative from Mueller was on CNN. I was up to like five hours, I think, before they flipped the Chiron. So you have to think that Mueller wrote it for that. He wrote that quote to know that it was just long enough, those words, to continuously remind people, hey, wait a second, it wasn't all smoke. There's a fire here. And just because I'm not in a position to, to, to point out the fire and say, hey, you know, let's go find the arsonist or whatever. Uh, he was saying, there's fire in my report. There's 450 pages of it. Uh, and, you know, the American public are probably not going to read it. Trump and Barr are going to spin it to their narrative. Please, Congress. <laughs> you know, that was what I took as the big takeaway yesterday. I, I'm giving this to you. Follow there's, up. There was another message in Mueller's statement, too, that contradicts another thing that Barr said. And you just referenced it a second ago. Uh, Barr says that there can't be any 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 possibility of a cover-up because there's no crime. Mueller uh, was quite clear on that in what he said yesterday, that impeding the, the investigation is a crime. That's right. That's a crime. And if you're doing that, then you're, you're committing a crime. And he didn't say if. He said when. So if you listen to his 10 minutes over and over, as many of us have, he said when the subject of an investigation uh, you know, takes actions to impede that investigation. So the, he didn't leave it open that there was a subtlety there. And there are 10 instances in the Mueller report yeah. where he felt as though that that was what was happening. But he didn't move towards an indictment. He indicted, what, 23 other people in, the, mm-hmm. in his process? Um, but he didn't indict the president because he believed strongly that it wasn't fair based on justice policy. Um, so you know what? Mueller is, is a Boy Scout. And I think America needs people who are completely fair and nonpartisan in situations like this. However, he has now fully said to Congress, it's up to you. And you know, the numbers are increasing. You had, as Nancy Pelosi was saying, only you know 35 to 38 Democrats who were fighting for impeachment. Now the number's up to 40. And I'm interested to see when they all get back to Washington whether or not there, there's going to be more pressure on Pelosi to at least start impeachment hearings. Mueller also made a statement yesterday that uh, I, I think is, is very germane to this discussion. Uh, because, again, we saw what happened when the Mueller report was, well, I was going to say released. It was Barr that really released it mm-hmm. and gave us his spin on it before we, anybody even laid eyes on it. But he essentially said in, in, in his statements, in Barr's statements, that uh, I've made the decision. I've looked this over. Of course, he didn't read the report in two mm-hmm. days. I mean, come on. Give me a break. Mm-hmm. But he said we didn't see any evidence of anything, so he's been exonerated. Uh, Mueller made the point again yesterday that he said it wasn't his call. It's supposed to be the Congress. He actually quoted from the Constitution that said that this is supposed to go. The only body that can actually do this is not a judicial body, but the the Congress themselves. So Barr actually just, he he superseded his own authority by by saying what he said. Well, and that's, that's, I think, the the informative part of the Barr strategy here, right? We know he wrote the big, long memo about not being able to indict a sitting president, which got him the gig as the Attorney General, and he was kind of 
falling on his sword for the party. He'd done it before and he had not much to lose, as he said in the congressional hearings. Ah, well, you know what? <laughs> what you know, I might as well. And here he was in there. And the, the whole bar strategy was to take advantage, I think, of the general ignorance and civics of America right now. And, and Canada, I don't know how much better we are at this, but people don't know that. They don't no. know that this guy can't just declare exoneration. And, and they don't understand that the only remedy against high crimes and misdemeanors or crimes at all by a president is through the congressional branch of the U.S. government. So people who don't know it will buy what they're sold. And I think Trump has brilliantly taken advantage of that lack of knowledge of general norms and civics uh, in so many areas. And the fact that they are all relentlessly, constantly flooding the zone with false narratives and with confusing information and contradictory narratives, it gets to a point where Americans are like, I can't sort it out. Therefore, am I making more money? Is my job secure? I'm going to vote for him again. And I, and I think that's where we're going to be. Uh, Biden or whoever is not going to be running against Trump and all of this nonsense, they're going to be running against Trump's economy. Which is another narrative that we can sure. get into right now. The more pressing one, I guess, is what's going to happen next week when Congress gets back to Washington. Uh, they were, very few of them were there. Pelosi was out on the West Coast. And a bunch of other ones were there. I mean, they've all commented on it. Mm-hmm. But does this create more pressure for them to move ahead? It does. And I think that Pelosi... Uh, candidly said yesterday, she's aware that when people are out there in their constituencies, that Americans, Democratic Americans, want impeachment. So it's not that she's going to hear something when they come back uh, that she doesn't already know. Nancy's clearly knows what she's doing. She's the most, second most powerful person probably in the world at the moment, right? Because she holds the fate mm-hmm. of, of the presidency and of the election in her hands in many ways. And so, you know, she has always played the long game, which is if we get caught up in impeachment hearings, it'll turn into this almost civil war of ideas. Uh, that's my language, not hers. And it'll become super hyper-partisan. And, and we will lose our narrative around health care and around infrastructure and these other things that the Democrats felt in the 2016 midterms were so successful for them. So she knows that the, the end goal has to be to remove Trump as president. Uh, she said some very harsh words about what she believes he's been involved with. She's not mincing words, and it got him very upset last week. Uh, but she also thinks, how do I actually beat him? Is it through an impeachment spectacle that doesn't get ratified by the Senate? Uh, or is it by focusing like a laser on the things that are going to get us the votes in 2020? That's a hard calculation because a lot of people are prioritizing removal of this president or at least some kind of sanction of this president over maybe some of those other issues at the moment. So does she have the ability to, to get through the passion of the moment? Does uh, just Jerry Nadler, who's the chair, of course, the Judicial Committee of the Congress, uh, does he ask Mueller to come or order Mueller to come? I think, he, order? I think he has to. You know, and even if Mueller just reads through the 450 pages, you know, like a gigantic filibuster kind of thing we've seen in the past for 25 hours. So do, do that. Let the American people have the television record. And that's why Trump so much didn't want Mueller to ever be on TV, because words are so much more damning when they're when they're expressed by someone with the credibility and the seriousness of a Robert Mueller. And more importantly, Americans aren't going to read this until the movie comes out at some point, and even that movie is going to be biased by the director. So the point being, getting it on the record on television is a powerful tool for the 2020 election and for America's understanding of history, and I think that Nadler has to get him there. 
By the way, I, I had the sound down, obviously, because I was on the air when he made his speech yesterday at 11 o'clock. And I, so I, I was reading the Chirons, too. But I couldn't help but be struck by the fact that, boy, he looks like Robert De Niro. Doesn't he ever? <laughs> I kept trying to. And, and you know what? Bill Barr looks exactly like, um, oh, his name just escaped me, the actor who was in Roseanne, the husband. John Goodman. John Goodman. It, yeah. it blows me. I, it's a hard time listening. But here's the thing. SNL will hopefully do their thing with De Niro on the weekend. One of the things that was notable, though, Barr, when he made his spin press conference, he needed to be flanked by flunkies. Remember? He had Rosenstein and somebody else, and it looked like a hostage video. Yeah, yeah. Mueller did not require to be buttressed by by sycophants or subservience or whatever else. He just stood there on his own merit, on his own work product. And that is a powerful... Po- we saw that when Jody Wilson-Raybaud decided not to have people flanking her yeah. either. It's a powerful moment for television. And Trump understands TV better than any of us do. Uh, so getting more Mueller on camera is, is a win, I think, for history and for the Democrats. There is no smoking gun. That's pretty obvious. But there is some damning evidence in that report. And, uh, and I think your point well taken. Most Americans aren't going to read it. They're going to mm-hmm. read the Chirons on whatever network they're watching, and that that's going to make their determination as to where I, they're going to stand. But I watched Fox News yesterday afternoon, and not only was Judge Napolitano saying clearly that um, Mueller contradicted Barr, and this was a big deal, but there's also some other hosts, not just Shep Smith, but some others. So the afternoon Fox hosts uh, very much felt as though they were moving away from Barr and Trump in this. They were siding with Mueller, and the fact that Mueller contradicted Barr so eloquently. It wasn't until the evening when the entertainment folks get on there and Geraldo saying, you know, they're going to have to go through him physically to impeach this, all this stupid nonsense last night that had Hannity and Geraldo both trending this morning. Uh, but that's that's Fox Entertainment. No, Hannity has the most watched show in the U.S., so it's a powerful medium. But the, the actual thinkers at Fox, the journalists, recognize that yesterday was momentous. It's not over. I mean, Trump wants it to be over. He's tweeted all morning. It's over. The, the, it's been done. The ball's really in Nadler's court and in Pelosi's court right now for next steps. Yeah, one of the challenging things, though, I think is that, uh, you know, Pelosi seems to feel that Trump wants impeachment because he'll use it on the campaign trail. It's part of his great victim sure. narrative. He loves that stuff. But I don't think that she can go down in history as making it just a sheer political strategic calculation. I think there is a responsibility by the Congress to do its congressional oversight. I don't see how they don't at least start the impeachment hearings, if not take the vote. Laura Babcock, uh, president of Power Group. Thanks, as always. Great having you here today. My pleasure. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.